Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. And today I am joined by Annie McNeely, who is an ISO 9001 implementer and auditor. Together, over the next few episodes, we're going to discuss how ISO 9001 and GDPR not only work together, but actually support each other and the key elements that they have in common. Now, before I go ahead with that, Annie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello. So my name's Annie McNeely, um, and as Christina said, I'm an ISO 9001 um, practitioner. Uh, these days, I like to work with small businesses. That's my happy place because I like to support small businesses and see them really thrive. Um, so I, t I tend to gravitate towards them. And I take a very hands-on and sort of holistic approach to uh, to my clients. So in addition to, for example, putting their quality management system in, I'll support that with any training that's needed. I can help them with process writing. And I really try to educate my clients around the bigger subject that is quality management so that once that system's in place, they really understand it and they know how to manage it. Um, in broader terms, I have a very broad background. I've worked in lots of different sectors and in different management level roles, but there's always been a theme of improvement, processes, analysis, things like that, which all have come together now into my current role um, working as a quality management practitioner. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Annie. So before we go into um, the, what they've got in common, uh, these two particular um disciplines let's actually look at what the difference is between an ISO and GDPR so ISOs in general and there are many of them are standards and they're not necessarily mandatory so no, an organization correct. choose to comply with one mm -hmm. or more of the ISO mm -hmm. standards for mm -hmm. various reasons um, it could be to improve their market competitiveness yeah. manage and reduce risks, yeah. improve certain aspects of their business, such as quality, which mm -hmm. is the focus of ISO 9001, mm -hmm. while the GDPR is the law. And yeah. therefore, it is mandatory. It's not a matter of choice. That's if an organization is got, not compliant with the GDPR, then they are, they are literally breaking the law. They're and this trouble. could lead yeah. to some serious consequences. You mm -hmm. know, it could lead to fines, reputational damage, loss of sales, even imprisonment and even closure. Mm -hmm. So now that we understand the difference between the two, let's actually look at what they have in common and their similarities. Yeah. And the, the first thing that we ought to talk about is... And the, both of these two disciplines are actually providing an organization with a framework. Yeah, absolutely. So if I look at the GDPR first, so the GDPR gives us principles to ensure that the data is processed in a fair, lawful and transparent manner. It provides with a definition of what is personal data. It actually gives us the required steps to be taken in situations like subject access requests and data breaches. It also tells us that when making a change, which could be introducing a new process, introducing a new software, 
an assessment is required so that you can identify the risk and mitigate them um, and actually, actually tells us what the assessment should look like. Now, I don't know if um, you've seen recently, it's all over the news, The uh, um, it's a drama, but it's a real story called Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Oh, yes, indeed. Which yeah. is horrendous. Absolutely. And, and it's all caused by this um, piece of software called Horizon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if the Post Office at the time had carried out um, you know, what is called a DPIA, so an impact assessment, they would have identified the issue and none of that would have happened. Yeah. Um, so so the GDPR framework is actually to the advantage of an organisation. It gives us instructions on how to perform a balancing test for legitimate interest and how to carry it out. It gives us clear definition of the roles and responsibilities between controllers and processors and joint controllers. It tells us the various security measures to implement. It talks about technical security measures as well as organizational security measures. It gives us guidelines with regard to data transfer, not only to another organization, but also if you're transferring the data to an organization that is outside of the UK. And also tells us what agreement must be put in place between joint controllers and between controllers and processors, as well as actually telling us what clauses should those agreement contain. So it's a really robust framework. Um, and I always say, and I truly believe this, and with my clients, this has been proven over and over, that being compliant to the GDPR actually is your, you know, part of your USP. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, Annie, you're going to say the same about the ISO 9001. So let's talk about that in terms of the framework. Yeah, sure. So there are thousands of ISO standards. But regardless of what the ISO standard is designed to cover, they do all work, as you, as we've alluded to, around a framework. When I say a framework, what I'm talking about in an ISO context is a set of 10 clauses. And all ISO standards have these clauses. So what do we mean by clauses? Well, in the case of 9001 and other standards as well, the clauses are actually a set of requirements. And in the in the case of quality management, so ISO 9001, those 10 clauses have been developed from a set of seven quality management principles. And the quality management principles have been around for decades. They've been tried, tested, studied, analysed. You know, they're they're not new. They're very well established and and they are pretty concrete, really. And so the ISO, the International Standards Organisation, which is what ISO stands for, have taken those seven principles of quality management and developed them into these 10 clauses, which sit within this thing that we call the standard. Now, the standard, it's a little bit different to GDPR insofar as it's not prescriptive as to how you do something. It gives you a broad requirement in terms of what you need to do as a business, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. So, The clauses provide a clear set of high-level requirements, which are then interpreted 
by someone like me, a consultant and a business working in partnership. Um, and those that requirements are then implemented through the quality management system and at operational level. So you've got that high level requirement and then you work that through to an actual procedure or document or system within the business. Um, the standard, so the standard provides that set of requirements and that framework. And then once you've put your system in place, the audit then is designed to ensure that you are meeting those high level requirements of the standard and that you are doing what you say you're doing as per your system. So it's very structured, but it's not prescriptive in the detail. Yeah. Um, just I mentioned those seven principles. It's worth flagging what those are, because if that someone then goes and looks at the standard, it makes a lot more sense when you understand what they're derived from. Yeah. So those, those seven principles are customer focus, leadership, engagement, process approach, improvement, evidence-based decision-making, and relationship management. Now, those have been sort of labelled as the seven principles of quality management, but in actual fact, when you refer back to that list of requirements that you've just given us for GDPR, there's a huge amount of overlap there in terms yeah. of how you approach it, right? Things like process approach, relationship management, leadership, all of those things come into play with GDPR. Absolutely. And it's interesting enough that as, as, as the ISO, the GDPR is based on seven principles. <laughs> uh, you know, the the one that I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the fairness, the lawfulness and transparency is the first principle. But we have another one called accountability. Mm -hmm. And that is actually an accountability framework. And funny enough, leadership is the first <laughs> element of the accountability uh, uh, framework. So, um, yeah. so yes, there is an awful lot of overlap, um, which which is actually I find you really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, um, yeah. So um, and it makes perfect sense, right? Because yes. at the end, if you go very very top level. How, how a business is run, how it's managed, the culture, the attitudes, the approaches, all of that comes from leadership. Absolutely, yeah. So that has to be one of the principles, right? <laughs> yeah. Everything. So, so absolutely. So, you know, leadership is sort of, you know, where the back stopped and stopped, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So if, if leadership doesn't hold the line, then yeah. nothing is, nothing is going, everything is going to crumble. Nothing is going to stick. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, what is it and that I, they say, lead by example, you know, walk the walk. Absolutely, that's the key thing. And yeah. I'm sure you've encountered this in what you do, where you have a company that says, right, we need to get GDPR compliance. So the top management says we need to do this. Then they kind of step away and hand it to someone else. They yeah. put the work in with you to become compliant. But meanwhile, the top management is still doing what they always did and breaking the rules left, right and centre. Yes. And the same thing happens or can happen with ISO. They decide they want to get ISO certified. They allocate it to a team. The team put all the, the, everything in place and set up all the procedures and things. And the top management carry on and just ignore all of that and do what they always did. Yes. And that's yes, because, work. Yeah, because they think that they can delegate the accountability you can't delegate yeah. accountability you can only delegate responsibilities mm -hmm. yeah. and 
And for the benefit of our audience, there is one of our uh, previous episodes on our podcast that actually talks about um, accountability and responsibilities. Um, yes. So it might be worth giving it a listen. Mm. So before we close, I just wanted to let our audience know that Annie and I are going to be discussing some more topics in relation to ISO and GDPR. We have a process-driven approach, document and record management, change management, risk management, business continuity, continuous improvement, and quality. So stick around if you are if you want to know more about these two um, methodologies. And if you would like to know more about GDPR and how it applies to your business, you can reach me at info at cvgsolutions.co.uk. You can also find me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Either search for CVG Solutions or my name. Uh, and also our website is cvgsolutions.co.uk. Um, Annie, if our audience would like to know more about ISO, how can they reach you? Uh, so you can Google my business name, which is AMC ISO, that's ISO Services. Uh, you will find me on LinkedIn under Annie McNeely, that's A-N-N-I-E, and McNeely is M-C-N for November, double E-L-Y. Or you can check out my website, which is anniemcneely.co.uk. Thank you very much, Annie, for your time today and looking forward to having you again. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.